Witchy and Weird. Today I'm here with Vanessa Cordonio. Um, Vanessa is an acclaimed bilingual Latina, well-being activist, and teacher of clinical hypnosis, intuition for business and international healing practices with over 20 years of experience and more than 12,000 sessions. Her wellness expertise has been featured on Shape, iHeartRadio, Hola, Yahoo News, Travel Channel, Telemundo, Univision, uh, Hip Latina, B Latina, Refinery29, LATV, and she is the host on the Shift Network. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, Riv. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to have you on. I love like a lot of when I first started the podcast, it was like people already knew. And now I'm getting to know like all these different people that I could never even imagine and dream of. So I'm excited for you to be here. Me too. Me too. I love that. I have a podcast as well. When I meet with people, I'm like, oh my God. And then you just explore a whole new world with them. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. So could you uh, tell us like about your story? Like, how did you get to this place in your life? How did you get to like 12,000 sessions with clients? Like, uh, what's your journey been like? Oh my God. Thank you for that. So I'm South American, bilingual Latina, and I grew up in a spiritual home, basic Catholic, like foundation but my parents were really open and even at the age of three four five um, we already had an altar for our ancestors in Argentina where my family's from in New York and it was just natural it was normal if somebody wasn't feeling well I'd be like oh my god mal de ojo like evil eye you know my mom would be doing the thing on the forehead and then cleansing us with the egg which is called Olympia and so my whole life I had the I guess maybe fortune, but I mean, everybody's life is different and everybody's experience shapes them. But for me, I think it was really positive to have that foundation. It still took me a long time to come out as a business owner because it was just a way of life. But since I was a kid, I, you know, my mom, she had four kids, we were four and she'd have us with our little eggs, you know, 10, 12 age difference, your age, it would be like, okay, this is what we do. Or stepping into the ocean in a certain way to cleanse ourselves or cleansing ourselves with um, flowers, with uh, fruit, or if it was something dire, you know, with meat that was already deceased, right? It was an animal that was already deceased. And so <clears throat> growing up with a foundation where los sueños, which are dreams, were accepted. At 16, I was, a, I was in high school, music and arts high school. So it's the fame high school combined with music and art, and I was an art major. And somebody taps me on the shoulder. They're like, yo, there's a spirit on a Ouija board. And you know, this is like the late 80s people, okay? So it wasn't like we had no Wi-Fi. There was no Insta. There was no podcasts in this way. And they're like, the spirit wants to talk to you. I got on. It started moving. And it told me that my grandmother... Was, who was not invited to somebody's party, was going to show up from Miami unannounced and make a grand entrance, though she was not invited. So I went home. I'm like, Mom, this spirit that didn't give me a name told me this thing. And then my grandma did pop up unin un uninvited. And my mom's like, you better bring that thing home. Now, my mom was a psychic medium, but did not do it for outside the home. My grandmothers on both sides were psychic mediums. And definitely, if things were difficult with people, we'd stick them in honey, which meant, you know, we were just sweetening the deal. It was nothing to do any work on people or to bind people or to do that protection. 
And so when I brought the Ouija board home, my mom, who's a journalist in Argentina, blindfolded me and flipped the board over, which was like so crazy. Don't try this at home, kids. Um, and next thing I know, I have the fingers and I'm like, and I see people. So I knew I was in Tootle already before 16. I knew I heard voices, all these things. But now my mind is totally blown. I'm like, there's a woman with red hair and she's a little boy. They're dripping wet. They're coming out of a river and there's a car slowly sinking into the river. I said, and she's telling me to take, you need to take care of Willie. That was my dad. And I don't understand. My mom's like, You're, it's right. Go ahead. Keep going. And I'm like blind, like, you know, moving my hands. And next thing you know, I just stopped moving my hands because it was just a direct thing that was happening to me. And then it was an older man with a big plumed hat speaking in what I call Shakespearean Spanish, but it's like the old Spaniard with a th sound. And he was like, I have walked with you. And he's talking to my mom and you denied me. And he's like saying he was hit, her guide. He was here to help her publish books. And then he said, you have three books in the drawer. You haven't published. And I, I didn't know that and all this stuff. And so I just kept telling her and I'm like, mom, he speaks like this with a th. And he's like, oh, stays too and all this stuff. And she's like, you got it. You got to keep going. And then I saw an older woman that didn't look really like anybody in our family with a black black clothing with tiny little buttons all the way under the neck. And she was like really austere, like pulled back. Come to find out, I had like a Russian Jewish great great grandmother that I didn't know about. Um, and she was going, um, don't let your cousin so-and-so go to work on this particular day of this month. And that was the end of it. So my, I'm blindfolded. My mom's like, sit still. She brought a picture of my dad and opened up the back of the frame, pulled out the picture of this red haired woman because that's his ex. And they were together before I was born. She married somebody else, had a kid. The bridge in where they lived in Argentina collapsed and she and her son drowned in the river. And I was like, oh. right. And then we called the family member and we're like, this lady showed up like that. They're like, that sounds like our great, great grandmother who changed their name from Dubinsky to Dubini, who came into Italy, then into Spain and Argentina. We're like, what? They're like, that's how they said she dressed and she looked like the older family members. And so my mom said, I'm gonna cover for you because if I say it was you on a Ouija board, they might think it's weird. I'll say it was a sueño, a dream. She goes, hey, I had a dream. Don't let our cousin so-and-so go. He didn't go and there was a holdup at the place. They shot people, but nobody died like in the leg and stuff like that, I know, but he was home. So he was saved from that. And then my mom showed me one of her drawers in her closet, like hidden that she had three books, manuscripts that she'd never published. So at 16, I'm like, oh, my effing, like, oh, you know. Yeah. And my dad starts to get readings from me for his business, you know, the business, Bruja, the business, Bruja. And then he starts bringing in all these Latino business owners. And I'm like doing it in English and Spanish. But I'm 16. I'm a junior in like, I think, I think it was a junior, yeah, or maybe even a sophomore in, in high school. No, I was a junior. And I was like, after six months, I was like, can I be a kid? Because I felt the pressure of like, I'm saying things I don't know what I'm saying. People are thanking me and they're going in and doing things. And so that's how I got started. But then at like um, 21, I really wrote a letter to the universe and I was like, I'm here. And at 20, even at 19 at college, like I wasn't taken on this debate internet, this national debate tournament while I was a debate champion, by the way. They didn't take me and I went to cry at the Virgin Grotto. And as I was crying, I heard you have to go, you're going to be top five in the country. And I was like, what? And so I went crazy, got my quarters together, called my parents on the payphone, 
can you pay for the for the trip to uh, Colorado for the national? And they were like, yes. And then I went to my my um, partner and he's like, you're crazy, but I'm your partner. So I'll go with you. This is nuts. He was from upstate New York, a real good old boy like type of guy, you know, big like hockey football player dude. And he's like, yeah, this is crazy. I'll do it. And I went over to my coach and he was like, what is this insanity? And I'm like, I'm a, we're going to be top five in the country and you better take us. And I'm a, when he said that I was a woman and that's why they didn't want to take me. Oh, it said cool. it straight up. But back then it wasn't like those cases that we have now. If anybody said that now, they'd be in deep trouble with the law. Right. Mm -hmm. And he I convinced him he took me and we were third in the country. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so these are the beginnings. And then at 21, I was discovered at a party that I was running an event. And a psychic read me and was like, yo, you live like a split life. She's like, your apartment's like a sanctuary. You're like a witch and it's a temple. And then you come out, you dye your hair blonde. You got the red lipstick, black little suit, you know, total New York City at that time. And you're like all profesh. And she's like, but one day you're going to live your life fully as you are. And you're going to be free. And I was crying because I was like, yeah, I live like a split life. And then she introduced me to the agency. And then I kept getting sent out for events, for parties. And it still took from 22 of working with them till almost 39 when I was laid off. And at that point, look, I was already doing circles for 18 years in my apartment every month. I, I had trained in hypnosis. I had trained in all these things. I was going to where women gather, which is a big spirituality festival in the Northeast. I was sitting in sweat lodge 18 years by the time I went online. Um, and then I got laid off the third time in four years. And everybody around me is like, do what you do, do what you do. I'm like, I'm scared. And spirits like your wings are bigger than you know. And then my first year I came out with the Urban Priestess Mastery and I hit six figures. So just to share, it was a long, it was long. It's not like now, a lot of people know, because we've done the work, people like me and others, we've set the pace, there's new social media where people take one like Reiki class and they're like, I wanna do this stuff online and I'm gonna heal people. So it was a different life. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Like you, I feel like I have feelings about that where it's like we don't do as much of the experience part or we haven't done a lot of the life experience part before we start doing it now. Um, and I think that it catches up to you anyways because yeah. you start doing your business and then you're like, wait a minute, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this what I want to do? And then it, it moves all over the place. So that's so it's such an interesting life story I'm sure you hear that a lot but uh <laughs> thank you thank you and you know I was so scared just to let anybody in. like it didn't matter I mean I was already an expert in many things and holding space in um even in, in journeying although I did not call myself a shaman learning from Beverly Little Thunder Lushanya Chevaria many others and um Dr. Marta Moreno Vega from, you know in Santeria and Afro-Caribbean religions um, I had been initiated at 22 into an earth-based religion, but left the group because I was like, oh my God, I'm not, if I don't like the patriarchy, I'm not here to be abused by the matriarchy either. You know, that kind of thing that happens in, in Wiccan. Uh, and so I was very scared when I did that, but spirit, when I had a car accident before I went online, I literally was laid off the day before my surgery. I had a surgery, abdominal surgery. I then had a breakup with somebody I thought was a soulmate or was, but you know, not forever soulmate in this life type of thing. And then I was in a car accident. And when I crawled out of it, did not have a seatbelt, flipped three times, but I was holding on. When I crawled out, it was like, go full time. And I was like, but I paid $2,000 rent. Like, eh, eh. And you know, at the time you're like 39 and you're like, I'm a grown ass woman, you know, being adult. 
So I don't want to sublet my apartment. And that's what I did. I sublet my apartment. I slept on people's couches. I built my business, hit six figures that year. And I never looked back, but I'll tell you, and this is what I tell everybody who's building anything first. Yeah. Apprentice, like spend time, spend time. I know many people who apprentice with indigenous uh, healers, medicine people. And they're like, Hey, we weren't allowed to do anything for five years. Like we had to serve for five years in the community or seven years or whatever it was. It doesn't mean you have to, but when you step outside, you really like, you know yourself. So even though I didn't know what I was going to do with business, like you put me in front of somebody to do a reading and it didn't matter if um, I had bad news that day. It didn't matter if the moon was full. It didn't matter if my ovaries were cramping. You know, I was like, okay, we're grounding. Boom. The reading happened because I was already like in the trenches with that. And the hypnosis happened. Um, it was just figuring out how to do it online and listening to my guides. Like my guides are amazing. I mean, in all of our guides, we have deep wisdom. And so it's important to listen to whether it's slow down, okay, speed up now, take a break, go in full throttle, take the, I mean, I literally sublet my apartment, didn't have a place to go back to. And I'm laying there crying on uh, my friend's couch in LA doing a workshop there. And like, like this age and you're making me like uproot my life. And it's like, don't worry, it's all going to work out. And it's now been 10 years. So this October is now 10 years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So Hmm. I have tons of questions. So I think I'll, I'll start first. Uh, if you're comfortable talking about like what your journey is for like Brujaria and if you want to kind of like, I know some of the listeners, uh, already are maybe part of the culture or, or consider themselves like a Bruja. We have had some other people on here, but I always love to ask, like, not everybody does it the same. Like if you want to have like share your definition or how you work with it and what that looks like for you. I love that so much. I th I feel like brujería <clears throat> is really a it's really an indigenous it's an indigenous it's rooted in indigenous wisdom that then has gone through and met and morphed into different aspects. Some people use a lot of Catholicism. Some people use some Santeria, which is West African influence. Some people focus on the Mexican. Some people Mayan, Aztec. Some people Andean. Right. <clears throat> So for me, for when I was a young person, I didn't call it brujeria. In fact, we were afraid of brujeria, but yet my mom was calling me a brujita all the time. Right now I write a column called Querida Brujita, which is Dear Little Witch, which I was like, I had I had proposed it as Dear Witch, but they made it brujita to soften it, I guess. But I was like, oh, my mom's spirit's in here. And so for me, it's like these very deeply rooted in nature practices that for some have taken on now, now we add a saint or we connected to Jesus or the Virgin or something like that. Um, I'll explain how I do it. And it has to do with reclaiming our inner power. And I think that a Bruja, you know, it was demonized in Europe, witchcraft was demonized and people were killed for 400 years. But I did more research and other people were killed before from 1100, like from witchcraft and uh, believing in Judaism and other things in Europe. And then when we come into Africa and then the Americas, we were demonized, any practices were demonized, and then they were taken over, whitewashed, and then repackaged as new age, right? And so for me, like brujeria is me reclaiming my inner power, my connection to nature, and also my, I, I don't want to use the word obligation because it feels heavy, but my responsibility to community, my responsibility to nature. If, if, if father, son, taita, inti, mother, earth, right, um, Pachamama, 
if if all of these celestial beings and these earthly like the rocks when we bring them into sweat lodge we're like oh these are our ans oldest ancestors if we have a responsibility to all of them and we're connected then we have a response responsibility to environment we have a responsibility to each other i truly see everyone as a brother and sister and sometimes people are like yo girl you're like too nice when people like try to harm you or whatever i'm like you know what i handed them over to their own story to their own nature I protected myself and I've released them and they will come into their own process. Maybe I was not a great person three lifetimes ago, whatever it may be, they will bump into it. And so it's a very organic. And for me, like somebody said, oh, you practice like curanderismo, but it's so mixed with brujeria and it's so mixed with santeria in my case. So that means I have an altar. I have it right across from where we're working, all the photos on the wall. I have um, symbols of ancestors that I don't know, like rocks and feathers that I found. And every Monday, which in Santeria is dedicated to an orisha that opens the caminos, and I'm not initiated by the way, but I've just been around it. I light a candle and ask that my roads be opened, right? Um, every Monday I clean my uh, altar. I light my candles. I spend time. Today's actually my dad's birthday. And so I did that for my dad and he's crossed over in 2020. And so we do that. We honor the dead, not just on Sabine or, um, you know, All Souls Day or Dia de los Muertos, but I have like a relationship. I had three people cross over in 2020, my dad, my mom, and my youngest brother. So I lost half my family, basically. And, and my business tripled, by the way. We bought a home and then um, we had to reschedule our wedding. So the worst and the best and being having brujeria at my fingertips, which means it's within me. And that means that with my dad, I was with my family and I had a bad feeling and then he passed. With my mom, we knew it was slow, but I'm gonna give an example of how brujeria comes into being. Um, my husband and I were sitting at our couch, really excited on a Thursday, that on Tuesday, we were getting the keys to our new home, right? And I'd never owned a home and I plunked down a big, a big chunk of cash for that. So I was really excited that I was a part of this in such a big way. And he was excited and we're like, oh my God, in five days, we're going to be in our own home. And I, cause I talked to the land too, by the way. So when I was looking at homes, I would literally approach like the land and the home with a reverence, be like, hi, you know, are we supposed to embark in this communion and work together to support our fam my family and for me to support the land. And when I got to this house, the one that I'm in now, it was like, yes. And there were many who offered like even better offers, but we got it. And it was like, so there we were, like, we're going to get our keys. And my sister calls and goes, I have to speak low because I'm taking care of our nephew. Our youngest brother's on the way to the hospital. I think this is it. And I can't express because his son is here, who's four. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Then my other brother calls screaming and he's very calm and very, a very intellectual, like Aquarius, but he's like, it's it, it's it. And I'm like, please calm down because I don't want another brother like dying too tonight because you're in a in a car accident in Miami. We hang up, I say to my husband, I have to go up and do what I do. I lit a candle in my altar. I um, grabbed some Agua Florida, right, to cleanse myself. And I took my talking stick. Now you see, I'm already mixing practices of my life I, from sitting in, in circle. And I laid down on the floor and covered myself um, with actually an, Indi uh, an Andean blanket. And I wasn't initiated yet into the Andean path I am now, but I covered myself and I closed my eyes and I traveled to where he was. 
and I was speaking to spirit. I called the directions really fast. I called in creator, called in mother earth. I was like, let me be there with my brother. Let me be there with my brother. And he, he was already out of the body. Mm. And he was just like, I can't go back. And I literally yelled out to the universe. I'll do whatever you want. I'll initiate into any practice. I will take on what you want me to take on to save my brother. What can I do to save my brother? Whatever it is, whatever practice, I'll shave my head. I'll wear white. I'll do whatever you want. I will take on whatever you want. I will make whatever vow I have to make. And spirit was like, it's too late. This is his path he has to go. And then I got out of that. He said, I love you. And he was surrounded by my family. And then I came downstairs and I said, my brother's gone. And he's like, did anybody call you? I'm like, no, I just saw him. And you know, he doesn't really believe in this. And I sat there and cried. And two minutes later, my brother called. He's like, I'm holding his hand right now. He's crossed over. It was quick. And my brother told me it was quick. And so this is the way that I practice my brujeria. It's very much like a part of my life. It's very much like when I feel, because, you know, there's a lot of jealousy when you grow and people don't understand, like, yo, people, I'm older than most of you out there. Um, you know, my contemporaries are like 30, you know, or younger. And I'm older than that. And I'm like, I paid the price, my people. So if I'm having some exit or you know, some success, like support me, I'll be in the heavens when you'll be when you be continue to rise, right? Um, so it's like, there's no competition, but this is the way I use it. I use it to bless my home. I use it to bless myself. I use it to immediately go in and connect with my brother who's just crossed over. Um, I use it to survive things that you think are just unsurvivable. Half of your family being, you know, leaving the planet from their body. And yes, I contact them in spirit, but they're still gone. And so brujeria for me is a way of life. And again, it's it's rooted in indigenous practices mixed with religions. So you could be a Jewish bruja, you know, and you've got like these indigenous practices connected to the earth, but then maybe you believe in what your parents taught you. Um, I don't think it has to be devoid of religion, and I don't think that it has to be one way or another. I think that it mainly has to connect with nature, with the cycles of the moon, with the cycles of your own life, with your body, with our sexuality, and with the understanding that we were born connected, always will be, and always have been, and that there's nothing and no one that can rip us from that, even if our own mind doesn't understand it yet because of uh, internalized trauma. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love that you talked about I think it's really popular like in the new age communities and in, in this like witch like resurgence that we're in right now um where people only use it for like manifestation or or like um like physical gains or things like that so I think it, that's only one part of like a witchcraft practice and spiritual practice sort of like so I love that you brought up like I use it to connect with my family I use it to like find my home I use it for this and that so I think it just really shows like good like rooted grounded examples for people like you know witchcraft is not just like doing a spell to get money it's so much more it's like I love how you said like it's part of like me and it shows up in my life in different ways that was like really beautiful. Thank you. And, you know, when I was younger and I got initiated, I had the pentacle on my throat. Um, you know, my, I look different. Right. And then I came to realize that while I still honor that path. And interestingly, an Andean path that I just got initiated, when they call the directions, they don't call the elements, they call the winds, but it makes sense because in the Andes, that's what they got. Yes, they do have river and they have fire and they have like the Inti, Father, Son and Mother Earth but the winds are the powerful and the winds of the directions. So I was a little confused. I'm like, when well, we call in fire and it was like, 
<laughs> that's not what we do. And so just know that just because somebody may practice differently, it doesn't mean that um, that it's wrong. It means that they're raised in a different area. And I could tell you back in my early 20s, before I even became initiated, like I'd say when I was 20, 21, I remember I had an apartment in Manhattan. I was I had an internship with Spike Lee, the director, and I was working on, um, and I was directing plays and doing other things. And I, I was at NYU. I would literally like I knew inside me that that I'm much whiter than I seem, and that I actually have many um, races and cultures within me. Twenty three and me recently told me that, but back then I literally created all the directions to honor a different like race or culture within me. And I used to dance to the directions. Again, I didn't read this, although I read Starhawk's book from the 70s, right? She's she's an OG, 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 the grandmother of the OGs. And and I was using the stuff that my mom taught me, my grandmothers. And then I would lay there in the middle of the circle and like weep, cry. So it wasn't just manifestation. It was like, help me get through this difficult moment where my family's moved to Miami and I'm alone in New York and I'm struggling and they don't, you know, women are not getting a chance to be directors and and I'm getting all these messages that I have to leave this this thing that I love. And so it's also that. And I think that we have to have reverence. And, you know, in Indian path, we call it Aini, which is re reciprocity, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. And I think that even when I work with a Celtic witch, um, she was saying, you know, that sometimes the fairies come in to mess with you because you just asked and asked and asked. I mean, that's her nature, right? The mischievous, mischievous. But She's like, if you go and you offer chocolate, right, or offer something sweet or something playful to them, they're less to fuck with you. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, they're less to F with you because you've also acknowledged their presence. So I think it's really important, folks, like, and I love that you said that, to acknowledge the presence. It's not like we're here getting immediate gratification, like we go on Amazon and we're like, order, I'll get it tomorrow. It's really a relationship. And... I just want to share one more thing because it was harrowing. So here I was, right? Half my family passed 2020, getting married in 2021. And I'm so happy because my brother and my sister who survived uh, and their families, we needed a celebration. We needed a wedding. We needed something to celebrate to, after the loss. They all get COVID so they can't come. Mm. Can you imagine? You're like half your family's gone now. No. And so I literally came and screamed my head off in front of my ancestor altar. Like scream my head, how the F did you F and do this to me? I gave for free. I help people for free. I mean, when I was younger, but recently when I'm older, when I don't kind of really need to at this point, I'm established, but I wanted to hold community for free. I was like, I've done this, I've done that. I've been a good person. Like what the F, how dare you? I was angry, angry, angry. Then I laid on the floor and I wept and I wept. And as I wept and I wept and I lay there and I told my husband, don't come in no matter how much I scream, just let me let it out. I literally heard, this is not personal. Mm. Your family will most likely emerge better than they went in. But I was like, yeah, and still, I still have to have a wedding by myself, like friends. And, you know, we had an ancestor table at our wedding. Some people call it remembrance, but like I fed the plate first. I had candles going and people walked in. That's the first thing they saw were our ancestors. And then I had tango performers dancing for my family in Argentina. And we had, we all did a Kurdish dance for my husband who's Turkish Kurdish. And so this is how I weave it without announcing it. Yo, this is witch. This is the witch stuff. This is just organic. And crying my eyes out with spirit, with my ancestors, with my guides, and cursing them out, and then accepting me and understanding that I'm human. And then me getting up and going, okay, now I just want them to survive. 
because my brother did almost pass. He went through three weeks um, in a hospital, like fighting for his life and then came out with oxygen tank. He's better now, but also because he became his own mini herbalist and healed himself, not really because the medical profession helped him that much after he got out. And so, and you know what I would say, he would never call himself a brujito or a witch, but the fact that he came back to nature to learn about herbs and to work out and to sit in the sun and to do all these things that he's, that's like, again, our indigenous practices from the beginning. And so I wanted to share that because it's super important for us, as you said, um, to just integrate it on a daily and not when you need something. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of, like, is it really spiritual growth? Yes. Yes. That's like a big topic that I've been like has been like circling around me and my whatever my life and universe um, recently is like a lot of modern spirituality is just self-help it's not actually like spirituality because it's not rooted in community or relationship or something bigger than yourself it's just like how can I get more what what can I do to be better so I love that you also are reiterating that message. Well, they've totally like colonized brujeria, like talk about it, right? And we are products of colonization, all, all of us, me, you, all of us. And that's our task to decolonize. And I haven't really used that word, but you know, younger witches have brought it out. And I'm like, but that's what I've been talking about. Even when I teach Reiki, I'm like, look, we're going to learn the Japanese system. And I want us to remember that we have to honor the history. But I want you to know that everybody here, wherever you're from, somebody at some point practice hands-on healing in your lineage or energy healing. We just don't remember the names. Today, we're going to get initiated into this. But just know that this already runs through you. Um, and that's what's happened. And, 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 you know, and I have to say that a lot of the artwork and everything that's out there, and I love it too. And I have to say this out loud because you've already brought up so many things. You know, being a witch is not about dressing in black all the time, okay? And it's not about, I almost put on a black shirt, but I, I love a lot of black. I'm also from New York and I vibe to that, right? I vibe to the color black. But for Latina brujas, um, some of them don't know this. Some of them don't know that um, anybody who has West African roots or African roots or indigenous roots, black is not really the go-to color. It's white, it's red, it's yellow. It's like the colors of the rainbow. And so there's nothing wrong with it, but I have to say that some of the beautiful aesthetic that I admire and everybody admires, if you really do some research, it's kind of based on the inquisition times and on the times where they were torturing witches, everything was black and white because it was print, right? They were doing prints. And so everybody was in black and white. And then we see a lot of witches with, you know, dead flowers and all this, and hey, go with your bad self, rock your, rock your magic, however it is and whatever color and whatever, culture whatever frame but know what you're doing know what you're doing and trust i've worn my black long dresses with my pointy black hats i have right and i knew where it was coming from but i was like no i want to dress like this and then i would meet like my friends in new york all of them coming up to me in the street in broad daylight you know on all hollows all of us with pointy hats and the black dresses walking through the streets and we loved it but that's not the only way that's not the only way and that was done for protection right in the woods when we were doing the full moon work the new moon work all of the moons um in europe mainly and then when we come into other countries the colors of our deities or the the colors of our orishas or our spirits guiding presences is what we wore and so i just want to put that out there too that there's more to us than wearing all black yeah i love and that there's nothing wrong with that either so it's like yeah i also like that's such a big 
like point that you brought up when you're like talking about um teaching people reiki and how probably that has that type of healing has been done in the lineage and it's just forgotten i think that that's also something that a lot of people i think are trying are like struggling through currently to reclaim when they're trying to like um do like like healing with ancestors or things like that and their you know their families have been like ravaged by colonization or cultures have been and it's like I don't know what it is I don't know the information it was lost or it was forgotten in our family lineage and I think people are drawn to maybe these like more like white like new age practices but I love that connection like a new perspective for people like you're drawn to it maybe because it did exist somewhere in your lineage and it's just like you trying to reconnect with that but without like the words for what it is that you are trying to connect to absolutely absolutely you know and back in the day before all of beautiful ig and all the things um i was looking around for south american aside from my family south american indigenous people to teach me right but there was none even in new york and queens like they weren't out so it was private now i was able to join the inca medicine school because i found out through 23andme that because my grandmother was given up for adoption and she was indigenous but i didn't know from where that i figured argentina right but no it was from peru and so that was wild because I was born in Peru and then we left. My mom was working there and people would say, are you Peruvian? I'm like, well, I was born there. Now I can say, well, my ancestors were. And so I studied that practice online with the Inca Medicine School and I learned that it's different. And then I had to figure out, well, when because he, my teacher asked, Maestro Paza said, when you're practicing this, just practice this. So when I do an Andean healing or a Chumpi healing, I am just working within that system. Right. And I'm very like, that's it. Even though I want to like throw a symbol and do some Reiki and I'm like, stop, you know, you promised you were going to do it this way. But my regular life is also an expression and amalgamation of all of the cultures. And I can tell you that since I didn't know where my indigenous part came from, um, I sat in Sweat Lodge, Lakota Sweat Lodge. I'm not even from really North America, unless you count the indigenous people who came through the Bering Straits and then went down. Um, so I did it because it was the spirit of the thing. I just never claimed it. I was not walking around saying I'm a shaman, the Lakota tradition. I was just not doing that, but I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for sitting in sweat lodge and healing and releasing. And I think to your point earlier, you know, people are looking at it as manifestation, but if we're still staying the same, right? If we're still staying the same while we're carrying all these fears and trauma and pain, how much is being shifted? If there's anything that we know about spirit, about goddess, however you want to call her, the Osa creator, is that she changes everything she touches, right? That everything changes. We look at the seasons. We get older, no matter how much, you know, retinol I throw on my face, right? Um, we're all like going through a cycle and it's to be welcomed. And so when we just ask for something, we're still handing our power outside of ourselves. We're still like you spirit go, you ancestor go. And they're gonna do it. They're gonna help us in any way. But we also have to go, well, what do I need to shift within me? in order to be prepared to receive the abundance I want. What do I need to shift within me? What patterns am I carrying that are keeping me, you know, being my own worst enemy because of what my family's been through, what I've been through? How can I release this energy and bring in what I want? And that's where we have to bring it back and, and claim that power from within. Yeah. So I know um, you help people with like ancestral trauma and like, you know, self-healing and stuff. So what I guess would be like first steps or what advice would you give to people who are maybe struggling? Like they're like, I keep doing my spell and it's not coming. Like, and maybe if there's something inside that needs to shift, what advice would you give them? 
Oh, I love that. I love that question. So um, <clears throat> what I, I invite you to do is to sit down, you know, take a journal. I have one right here. It's so cute. It's purple and it says magic on it. Um, and just like sit down and write down some of the patterns that you notice within your family. So some of the things I noticed within mine is that my family was afraid to be public about spirituality and also dones, like gifts, spiritual gifts. But yet my dad started crying once on the plane and got off worried something happened to me. And my ex had just cheated on me and I had canceled the wedding that morning, but he was on a plane and he didn't know. But he knew, he called my mom, something's wrong with my daughter. Ah. And she's like, yeah, she canceled her wedding, but he didn't know, right? So he had that intuitive connection. <clears throat> so write down the patterns that you feel are oppressing you or limiting you in some way, and then write down the gifts, right? And so when we're writing down the patterns, we could say, um, afraid to be seen, right? Visibility is big for a lot of us and many different paths. Afraid of money, like money's bad, like we shouldn't want money because and people who have money did something bad to get it. <clears throat> Sexuality, right? When the Judeo-Christian religions came in, they squashed our natural dancing around naked under the moon whatever race or culture we were from, we've all had freer sensuality and sexuality. And suddenly the flesh was evil, blood was evil, woman was evil, sex and the body only served to bring in children and that's it, no pleasure. Do we have patterns around sex and pleasure? Do we have platter, uh, patterns around money? Do we hate our own bodies because they don't, um, you know, look exactly the way the colonized capitalistic patriarchal bullshit structures say that we should look? Where have we not loved ourselves because of that? And then lean into, oh, my grandmother's cooking fed us and nurtured us, even if we don't cook, right? But that was passed on. The resilience to keep rising no matter what. As immigrants, you know, I came here as a little kid. I didn't know English. I had to learn it. What are the different things um, <clears throat> that are gifts and what are the, the things that are limiting us? And then set up in your corner of your home, whatever it could be. It could be a shelf. It could be a corner of your desk. It could be a little corner shelf in a corner of your room, whatever it may be. Um, start small and if you're like oh i'm adopted i don't know that's okay because i have clients that have that as well well sit with yourself what are you drawn to i was drawn to peru though i was just born there come to find out that my percentages of in indigenous roots come from there and so i had a little llama on my altar i didn't know why because i was like why am i so attracted to this german prophetess warrioress right buddhisea buddhika i don't know how to pronounce it come to find out I'm a little bit German, right? So it's like, what are the things that like move us? And it doesn't mean we have to have a name. It doesn't mean we have to, and there might be ancestors you don't like. And so put down anything that symbolizes them. And again, it could be a rock that you get on the on your walk. Like this is something that I always had symbolizing like the European witchcraft, right? In my family. And so I put that on my little altar. Um, I put a feather for my indigenous. I put a cowrie shell for the West African part of me, right? And I put on some pictures of my ancestors who were spiritual and I knew. And then I avoided one who was like a pain in the mm. And then eventually he came through a dream, was like, you gotta add me, I'm so sorry. I know I sucked in life. So I did a little prayer, put him on, but don't put them on until you're ready. And then all you need to do with that, like you have your patterns, you have your stuff, sit down, light a candle, put on a song that moves you, whether it's part of your culture or not, because it may have been part of your culture and you don't know. Like I felt guilty for years because from my early, like teen, from my teens to my twenties and older, certain Orishas reached out to me, but I wouldn't claim that out loud because I don't want to be culturally appropriating, right? But at the same time, I won't say it publicly, but yo, they've had my back. 
through really crazy experiences. And it was very evident, like priests of their tradition popping up going, I have to help you with this. And I'm like, oh my God. They're like, yeah, you have roots, your ancestors. I'm like, I know part of my ancestors. And so don't worry about the names. Don't worry. I mean, don't culturally appropriate. Please show up with reverence and, and honor. Um, but then sit down and just light that candle, begin to move a little bit. Even if you're not a dancer, just allow yourself to be in your body, move, breathe deeply and call on your well ancestors. I say the well, because there are some that are still suffering on the other side. They haven't healed, whether they were cheaters or alcoholics or whatever it may have been. And for whatever reason, maybe it was because of, probably because of patriarchal structures and oppression and racism um, and inequity, right? And injustice. But you wanna call in on the well to ground the situation and ground the healing session and call on your higher self and call on your angels and guides and call on all the beings who are here only for your highest good. And then take a pen and it's a little bit like automatic writing. You know, what do I need to do about this pattern? And, and focus on one pattern at the time. Otherwise you're gonna be like, oh my God. Because when sometimes we start getting downloads, they can come in like this. And then you're you're very, you're very like overwhelmed. You're like, I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. So focus on one thing, because we're humans and we need to live our lives and just do that process. I'm actually doing um, a, a whole course with the Shift Network in late October. So um, ancestral hypnosis healing, but that's something you can do for yourself and be patient. And you can ask, see like, hey, can you give me a sign, a feather dropping on my path? Or some people get a coin in front of them every time their dad is in the area who's crossed mm -hmm. over. And just give yourself that process, you know? It takes time sometimes. I love that. Yeah, I like how you... Um... You focus on not just like the patterns that we want to heal from, but also like gifts that we have, because I think that can also feel like that whole healing process, how they're like, you're never healed, you're never healed. And that can be like really overwhelming for a lot of people to even start to just only focusing on like the quote unquote negative parts or things we want to change that we don't like about ourselves. And so I think that the reminding yourself of like the gifts and the blessings that you have and your family has can also I could see how it can also give you like ideas for like how to work through like, oh, I have this, you know, pattern that I'm wanting to heal and I have this gift. Maybe they can like, you know, work together <laughs> to create some healing. Absolutely. 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 I love that you put that together and you just shared it that way. Our gifts can help us navigate those patterns. And you know what? A lot of the patterns that our ancestors took on were for survival. And we have to remember that when we get real pissed off, that maybe they drank in order not to kill people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like they were so angry maybe, or they were so despondent, or maybe they had so much damage done to them and so much harm or their grandparents or their great grandparents. And, and maybe people ran away from relationships um, because they were afraid to bring their family down. And we don't know. And it's, we can exp we, it's important for us to express our anger and be pissed and be angry. And to also know that when we're speaking in absolutes, like people come to me, right, for hypnosis and stuff and they go, Every woman in my family or every mother in my family is always alone. That's just how it is. We're tough and men can't handle and women can't handle tough. You know, no one, men or women can handle tough women and we're alone. <clears throat> and it's like, really? Or is it a story that now we're passing on to protect our heart because rejection feels so hard and loss feels so hard? And we do the work, we integrate release. And then they're like two months later, I'm in a relationship. But if we're walking around with the energetic thing, they're afraid of me, they're afraid of me, they're afraid of me. You're gonna attract the people who are afraid of you. Mm -hmm. And so it takes time and compassion 
And like, I understand that my family, even though my mom blindfolded me and brought me out to the spiritual, like mystical own your gifts type of phase, um, introduction initiation, she didn't want me to do this work. She didn't want me to. She's like, she goes, first of all, the spiritual world is going to come after you, right? Mm. And it's happened, but I'm here and I'm all right, made me stronger. And then also people might harm you and people might criticize you or treat you bad or you might be kicked out of society. Why? Because that happened to us in the past. And it's happening now around the world. It just so happens that where I live, it's not happening to me. And hopefully where you live, Riv, that's not happening to you. And for many of us, it's not. But there's still people that have to cover their heads, you know, whether they want to or not. And some people do want to part of the religious path. It, there's still people who are being killed when they say, hey, I've been raped. And it was through no fault of their own. And so we're still living in a world where people are still being punished and harmed for their beliefs or how they or their sexuality or harm that's done to them. And so it's important as we approach this ancestral to know that it's sometimes not so far out and that it does take great courage to be ourselves. Yeah, mm, I love that. I love I love the perspectives like that you're bringing where it's like, you know, whatever the way that the, my ancestors were, my family has been, it may be for survival. Like, let's be honest, we live in all these oppressive systems and all these things could could be affecting us at any point in our family's lineage and that I think that that just brings like a greater awareness to like what is going on in your life and your family's life so it can like really ground down as opposed to being like oh I don't know why this ancestor was like this or like oh they were a really bad person and it's like well maybe they were just reacting to the circumstances that they were given and then you can like I feel like it just like softens like your heart towards them Absolutely. I mean, look, you know, today's my dad's birthday, I was saying, and he was machista, like, let's bring it, let's call it for what it is. And I remember being a little girl and reading books really quickly, right? Because once I got my English down, I was like, I had to eat every all the wisdom up. Gemini rising, Gemini moon, Mercury, Gemini, I had to eat, eat, eat all the information. I was, I was literally sitting here thinking, you must have a lot of Gemini placements. <laughs> I do. And I'm a Taurus sun, which I understand that's grounding me, but all the Gemini placements. Um, and so, and they really helped. They're in the 12th house, by the way. So, you know, that was a whole other, like, I had to like, um, you know, work on that because I was like hiding as well. But I would say that, you know, my dad was like, he was a chauvinist in many ways. It wasn't like he pushed me to the world to go be a successful leader or business owner. He was a business owner, but my mom was the opposite. She was a journalist and she was, you know, and then she stopped to have the kids, but she was always outward and like just very vocal about things. And so I had this machismo, I had this vocal, powerful woman and they're clashing, but somehow they loved each other in some crazy weird way. And I would say that when I look back on my dad, I understand what it was that he came from a time he passed, you know, two years ago and he was already like 79. He came from a time that if you were a very loud woman, if you were an opinionated woman, if you're a, 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 a woman that was like all about, you know, I'm myself and I'm going to dress how I want. If I'm going to open my legs, I'll open my legs. You'd be like, cross your legs, cross your legs, do all this stuff. You wouldn't be accepted by society. Mm -hmm. People will put you down. People probably wouldn't marry you. You'd suffer economically, right? Because there was a time where women depended on men. They couldn't work, right? It's like, and so he was trying to protect me. Do you know, he was really trying to protect me. Uh, I remember when I told him about my second year, of, I was like, this is my first year and I hit six figures. Now it's my second year and I hit six. I'm supporting myself fully from my gifts. Ah! And he's like, it would be better if you had a stable day job. 
you know, but it wasn't, and you know, by the way, he didn't, he always had his business, right, from his 30s on, but he suffered that too, because having your own businesses can be very hard, but I know what he meant, he meant that I'm going to get older, and he wanted me, I wasn't married, right, the idea that being married is going to protect you or save you from something, and it does a lot of people, by the way, there's a lot of people who build businesses online who really don't have full businesses, but they're really supported by their partners, whoever they may be, and so he wasn't like off, was he? But he could have said it to me like, look, the only reason I'm saying this to you is because of this world. But I would have still argued like, I don't care, make my own world, which I did. And so I have a lot more softer heart towards my dad, though he was, you know, machista, but he shaped me. And I'm married to somebody who's not like that. And so here we are, we're products of of, of the stories that they've suffered, of the things that they've hidden, of the great gifts that they've been able to pass on to us. And then it's like, well, how do we take this and move it forward? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people just sit here and they complain. They're like, well, my mom didn't teach me to be feminine. I'm like, honey, your ass is 60. You done had time. What does feminine mean to you? It doesn't need to mean, mean to be addressed. What does it mean to you? And then go there. Don't take on your mom's feminine story that was still passed on from colonizer perspectives and Judeo-Christian, what does that mean to you? She's like, you're right. And so, you know, and I'm not putting down anyone who still feels like hurt by their family, whatever age they are. It's just like at some point, okay, I'm here. Yet it sucks. And it wasn't cool. And I've got these gifts. And what am I going to do about it to heal myself and heal the next generations? Hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think I'm like super big into empowerment. Empowerment is a big thing in like my practice and with people I've worked with. Um, and I love that you're saying, you know, we can understand and we can be upset, but like now what are we going to do with it? Like I'm a very like problem solver person. And I think, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are just kind of like, no, I just want to feel it. I just want to, and I'm like, it's the third time we're saying the same thing. Like, what are we going to do about it? So I like that you're holding space for both like we can have our feelings and we can understand them and then we can also take action on them or figure out what we want to do with that feeling and stuff right because we don't want to spiritually bypass and be like new age love and light love and light love and light love and light i remember when i was 23 i went to some gathering and i came back going we have to just allow and my friend's like yo girl why you have that like spiritual voice you know this was over 25 years ago i'm like oh my god did i do that she's like yeah just be yourself i'm like shit because i came back like you know we have to breathe in and just allow and all this and it's like no spirituality looks like somebody pissed and cursing you know and, and spirituality looks like somebody protecting their kids and their and their world and their community and spirituality can be peaceful and it can be somebody weeping and crying and grieving their family um and, or celebrating their wedding or their union spirituality is all of the range and when we try to blot that out, then we're in spiritual bypass world and we don't want that shit. Yes, 100%. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I feel like we could talk forever. I think I have three Gemini placements as well. So <laughs> that's why I think we both have podcasts. That makes sense, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to thank you for being here. And I want to give you like the time to like share, like where can people find you on the internet? How can people work with you? Maybe if you have, like you, you mentioned something that's coming up, if you want to talk about that again, um, please do so. 
Oh my God, thank you, Riv. And I could talk to you forever. So if you ever want me back, I'll come back and we'll talk about other things. Um, please find me at thebizbruja, B-R-U-J-A.com. You can follow me on IG and also the bizbruja. And there's no underscores, no letters, because I've fakes all the time for the last two years. It's just the bizbruja. And I do have an ancestral hypnosis healing program coming out with the Shift Network. It will be on my bio. It will be, because the links aren't up, they go up October 22nd. I have... What else? Oh, the Soul of Business Summit. Oh my God, I poured my love and my heart into this. You can look it up at soulofbusinesssummit.com. I've interviewed people who are as new as two years ago online doing business to people who are doing this for 30 years and the ups and downs and practical advice on having a soulful business. And it's not just Latinos. I wanted to step, I, I wanted to have my Latinos in there, but I also wanted to bring in other voices and have us cross pollinate, right? Ideas. And, and people and communities, because again, we need each other. And so if you want to work with me, you can reach out through the Biz Bruja, through my IG, uh, do Akashic Record readings and coaching, and a lot of courses through the, the School of the Healing Artes. So thank you, Riv. It's been such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been really, like, your life is amazing. Um, <laughs> I feel like you are like a really good example of just like taking everything that has happened gracefully and like really alchemizing that and you know not letting that like become like a a, a sad story of regret or something you know like I just I love I love hearing your story it's very inspiring I'm like excited to take on my day now. <laughs> yes yes and you know what my parents and my brother they wanted me to continue like in 2020 i heard them and so even those that passed that we love and i wasn't able to see them by the way people i was in pennsylvania where they were in miami and my dad passed in spain in a hotel room on a business trip i wasn't able to like hold them for one last time but you know what um they wanted me to continue they're like you've been doing this your whole life keep going girl be out be visible now they've changed your mind right so just just thank you thank you Riv, for seeing me and thank you for sharing and thank you for having this beautiful conversation i'm excited to also follow you and um have you on my podcast in the future yes that would be amazing um okay so thank you everyone for listening and until next time goodbye if you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash witchyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!